But you also had people that were very fine people. Very fine people on both sides. And the, and the aliens would mind meld and give them the technology. They're bad aliens. So the, uh, are you surprised the Nazis were influenced by demons? No, if demons are real, I would definitely think they'd be on the side of the Nazis. Yeah. McDonald's is connected to the Clintons. They chop up the bodies and put them into the sausage and hamburgers. People are being cannibalized. Look it up. And I'm watching CNN talk about this as violent white nationalist protests. We have done everything in our power to keep this peaceful, you know? It's uh, Pepe's become kind of a symbol. Welcome to Yeah Na Passaran, a show about fascism and its gravediggers. I'm Cam Smith. I'm Andy Fleming. And this week we are joined by Kate Burns, who is a researcher looking at Christo-fascism and Christian extremism. Thanks for joining us, Kate. Thank you for having me. Yeah, excited to be here and talk to you about all of this nonsense. I guess just to commence proceedings, Kate, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you are? I am currently based in Los Angeles. Obviously, you can probably tell I'm originally from Australia, grew up on the Mornington Peninsula. I've worked in and out of the US for, God, I'm 15 years. I moved here full time late 2016. So right as Trump was elected to be president. I ha- I come from a history of actually fashion. I was a global operations manager for an Australian company. And when I became sick in 2018, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I decided to spend a lot of my time researching and focusing specifically on Christian nationalism, Christofascism in Southern California, but also the intersection of Australians' influence on that. Kate, when I think of Southern California, I think about beer and buds with my bros at the beach, you know, chasing those big Wednesdays. Don't necessarily think of it as being, you know, an inflection point for Christian nationalist organising. What's going on in Southern California that there is this influx of Christofascism? I think that's it's a really good point because I think our perception as Australians growing up, you know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and watching what we see through TV. So, you know, we, we perceived Southern California, the OC, Huntington Beach, obviously a, a strong surf culture. However, history tells us a different story. There's always been a strong Christian foothold and Christian nationalism, extremism, fundamentalism in California. It goes all the way back. We've had folks like Focus on the Family. It was founded in the 70s here in California. The John Birch Society had a really strong foothold here in California and they had a lot of impact and voting blocks. I think the thing with California is it's perceived as this blue state, right? But the reality is one in eight people that live in America live in California. And it, it has all, color, all, all all kinds, all varieties of folks from both left and right, extreme on both sides. I think what we're seeing now in California, where we've had notoriously red Christian block strongholds, you know, through the Bible Belt and whatnot, what the likes of Charlie Kirk, Michael Flynn, and some of these churches is that they need to activate these voters and. They've attempted this in smaller states that are notoriously red, you know, the Texases, Mississippi's. They've been trying different tactics and legislations through there. I think what they're, they've identified is to really make significant change 
is they need to activate California. When I moved here, one of the first times I went to, when I first started coming here, I went to Huntington Beach. My ex was a surfer and we went down there and he, he went out for a surf just off the pier and I went and got tacos or whatever. And I was confronted by a different, very different reality in front of me of what I thought um, this was going to be all about. And on the other side of history with Southern California, you know, we, we still have Grand Dragons. There's a strong history of the KKK in, in California too. And we saw that explode, I think it was the end of 2021. 20, there was a lot of White Lives Matter marches down there. So you sort of see Orange County, the OC, San Diego, and then Ventura specifically are these hotbeds but also, notoriously, they have been that way for a long time. One of the ideologies that's informing a lot of these people is dominionism. I was wondering if you could just give us a little primer on what that is. But dominionism, in simplistic terms, is that they want to take control of the nation government from top down. So depending on the different denomination, but ideally you would have president in power that has these more traditionalist beliefs, all the way through, there's been even been, you know, obviously we watch different churches throughout Southern California and there's a group of us that watch across the country. And this language has, in the past, they tend to sort of keep this behind the veil, right? They, they talk about loosely po- politics and culture wars and whatnot, but the rise of what we're seeing in, in these spaces, spaces particularly has been more overtly talking about wanting to see everything from the president through to school boards, any governmental power, so cops, head of education, which is a big one in America at the moment. Um, They want to see that they are all headed and led with this theocracy. Kate, you've recently written an article for Left Coast Right Watch called Preaching Fascism Inside San Diego's Awakened Megachurch. And I guess I'm Curious, judging by the name, I can only assume that Awakened Church is very woke. Is that correct? Or can you tell us a bit more about the church? Oh, yeah, super woke. Welcome everyone into the fold there. Yeah, look, what we have seen come out of San Diego and especially Awaken. So Awaken is led by Jürgen and Leanne. They are both Australian. They were a part of C3 Church, which is another... Oz New Zealand, Phil Pringle was the founder of that church. Jürgen himself studied at Hillsong in Australia in the 90s, linked up with C3. In 2005, he moved to San Diego, Leanne and Jürgen, with their kids to start planting a church. So planting here is where a specific group of churches, or it may even be a startup church, they go to a location where they want to spread the good word. So in 2005, Jürgen and Leanne started C3 here in San Diego. However, in 2020, quite abruptly really, C3 became Awakened Church. And through research and speaking with people in interviews, this change was due to Jürgen's love for MAGA, Trump, all things hate and bigotry. And I believe that through speaking to, to through past and present C3 flock that 
things had been raised to Phil Pringle and C3 about Jürgen's rhetoric. And I think that Jürgen saw himself in a place where he had quite a strong following here to rebrand and launch his own organisation, we'll call it. And since then, that's just continued to become more and more radical. And over the years, now we're seeing more and more known extremist members, you know, from Three Percenters, Proud Boys, other Christian extremist organisations. It's becoming their, their stop. We've seen the likes of Tucker Carlson. We had the Reawaken America tour there, which was Clay Clark and Michael Flynn's Christian nationalism slash Quanon slash um, vaccine denialism. Candace Owens has spoken there, Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Tessie, and also Brian Houston from Hillsong speak there regularly as well. Kate, Australia seems to have a bit of a vibrant export industry when it comes to some of these disgraced pastors. I'm curious, when they rock up in the States, are they going through any sort of redemption arc or are your sins sort of automatically absolved when you set foot in LAX? I think there must be. The, the magic water when you get off the plane at LAX. Once you walk underneath the president's head, you get a splash and you are absolved. Look, I think that's just indicative of the environments that, that we're talking about. We're talking about corruption, abuse, physical and emotional and, you know, downright grifting extortion. Within these spaces, especially if you are a man, you don't really need redemption. You just need to say, well, I, th- there's two paths. One, really, sorry, but that's very rare in these spaces. It's a hard word to say. A very hard word to say. Two, which is the route that, you know, 99% of the time we see, it's deny, blame, call the people accusing you or reporting on you, devils, that we are trying to bring down the kingdom. And I think One of my biggest concerns about, especially with Awaken, the likes of Hillsong and C3, is it's not just the spiritual abuse, it's also financial abuse. And mega churches are run like corporations, right? So it's about money. More, more than anything else, they'll tell you it's about faith and lifting up the children and protecting the children. However, in these big spaces, it's about money. So it's protecting. One thing that I'll hear over and over, whether it's Hillsong C3, Awaken, any of the other the churches here in America, it's protect the kingdom at all cost. So it enables these various styles of abuse and they will protect the abusers because more often than not they are these celebrity pastors so you know you Carl Lentz Brian himself throughout you know especially in America throughout the evangelical spaces we we see it continuously. Kate the the former Prime Minister Scott Morrison is a, a good Christian soldier and he was once closely associated with uh, Hillsong. On the other hand, there also appears to be a concerted effort by the Christian right in Australia to assume control of the Liberal Party, or at least wield more significant influence within it. Do you think Australia is vulnerable to the same kinds of political activities as the US has experienced recently? 
One of the reasons I also wanted to start with this piece on Awaken and Jürgen is I think it's fairly easy for us in Australia to sit back and look at the freak show in America, right? And especially with this more fundamentalist and extremism that we're seeing at the forefront of these religious movements. I think that... Australia is very vulnerable. Like you said, Scott Morrison, former leader and man of many jobs, was heavily affiliated with Hillsong. It wasn't his home church. However, his history with Brian and Bobby Houston sort of gives us a little bit of an insight into how the Catholics, Evangelicals, Pentecostals in Australia, there's almost like there's a corporate body behind it, right? So I think what we see in America is where over time, especially over the last six years, it's definitely in vogue to preach that you're a Christian nationalist. You've got MTG, Kirk, Walsh, all of all of those. I think, you know, after Australia obviously was a little bit later to the party with legalising gay marriage, I think there was a little bit of time there where the pastors or religious folks in these different denominations back there were, that wasn't appealing to, it wasn't appealing them to be preaching these bigoted patriarchal ideas, right? But now that we've seen it's become so in vogue and we have the channels of basically a lot of Australians are getting a lot of their information, their, in inverted commas, news from Telegram. They're seeing more of these leaders. I was on a Telegram the other day in Australia and someone shared Greg Locke, who is the book-burning witch hunt pastor. And so I think um, it's there. And it it's only just under the surface. Like, you know, I, I went to a Catholic school in Australia. It's always been there. And look, my experience in, in, in particular school I went to, look, I think my overall my experience was okay. I don't come from a religious family. However, the embedded and the indoctrination of purity culture, patriarchy, men beating power, you look, it sits back pretty well with Australian identity and Australian misogyny. So I think what we're seeing in Australia, literally as this article came out, Jürgen popped up. Jürgen popped up on a a prayer meeting organised by Pat Matisse, who is a disgraced ex-Hillsong pastor. And there was, is it George Christensen? Is that his name? He was was in there. Using a very old photo. I know. Oh, I know. And And then when he came up, I was like, oh, but... I think, look, Jürgen Savvy, and be it that he's Australian, he has his connections. He's looking back and seeing the rise of anti-trans hate, anti-LGBTQ rhetoric, general bigotry is has come out of the freedom movement and alike. I think he's testing the water and really... All Australia needs is a charismatic leader. You know, you think of someone like we have Sean Foyt, who I'm working. That's I'm working on a piece about Sean Foyt at the moment. He's a charismatic guitar slinging, preaching whatever you want, a pastor of sorts, and he's been linked with every fascist in Australia. He loves to use Proud Boys as security. Really, what Australia needs 
is a central leader like that. And my concern there is that Sean is planning on coming to Australia. His film, Super Spreader, has been at selected cinemas there, but he himself and his Let Us Worship movement planning on coming later in the year as well as New Zealand. And I think that the grifters of these spaces are seeing that Australia's primed and ready to go. They need either a Jürgen or someone within the space who has a platform in Australia to to make that jump and become that guy. You're listening to Yeah Nah Pass Around on 3CR, 8.55am, 3cr.org.au or 3CR Digital on your DAB radio. We're currently talking to Kate Burns about Christo-fascism. Kate, I, I wanted to ask you about that prayer and pushback event that you tuned into. A cast of stars are people like... Pat Masiti, who you mentioned, Avi Yemeni, so you know, a lot of a family court alumni, Topher Field, who's previously spoken to the Australian League of Rights, and yeah, just a grab bag of freedom movement grifters and liberal figures. What, what did you see being talked about at Prayer and Pushback, and what did you see that concerned you? Yeah, look, the, the Prayer and Pushback event, I think that overall it was pretty poorly organised in comparison to the scale I've seen such events on Jürgen and Leanne do their own version, Sean Foy, you've got hundreds, thousands of folks that do it. I think that this is where Pat is thinking that he can make a quick buck. It was definitely a, it was a conference of Australia's best grifters, to be perfectly honest. But look, I think what concerns me is Jürgen in any space because we know, I know what he's about. We know what he's about. He says it out loud. We just need to take him at his word. I think there was a conference that was due to be potentially on this weekend or next weekend. I think it was going to be in Brisbane. And it was a state and church type event that, which is similar to what Jürgen speaks to, is that, that the church and state shouldn't be separated in actual fact the state's there to protect the church, right? So there was a similar event being organised lap, but I think really it's the language. The continuous talk of spiritual warfare and invoking these wartime images, battle images, but also Jürgen using his, you know, power or magic wand to say I approve of this, you know, group of grifters, um, while all, all also linking it back to the cultural grievances, back to the LGBTQ community, vaccines. It's all, you know, the coded anti-Semitism. It's all in there. And look, I was lucky that – I was happy that most of them aren't great presenters. There seem to be a, a few people complaining about the presentation. But I think that this – is definitely an area that's going to grow. And I think they're just trying things on for size at this stage. Like I think having someone like Avi or Monica or these these folks linking in under these religious ideologies is always a concern because people look to the church for community, right? And in times like we have been in the last few years in the pandemic, you see, in sociology, you see a lot of folks get swept up into all different kinds of movements during times of hardship. So whether it's cults, religions, Nazism, extremism groups. And I think that we've seen 
that want from some Christians that they want their leaders to be politically involved. They want them to be speaking up about the trans-industrial complex. I saw that somewhere the other day. Someone referred it to that and I almost dropped it. What I left feeling after that was it's a big grift, but also that there's a reason that Jürgen was there. There was a reason that Avi was there. This is something that they're trying to make happen because obviously with religion, especially the Pentecostals, Evangelicals, they can they, they believe they can hide behind their religion for their bigoted views and their general hatred of anyone that's not straight and white. What, what, what I left feeling was that, yeah, they're, they're scoping this out. They know that there's people wanting that and it's just how that manifests. I wouldn't put it past Jürgen to put on some kind of conference out there. He's back to and from Australia all the time. I don't think Pat has the ability or the reputation to be able to drive something like this at that scale, but I think he's just doing all the connecting at this point. And I think then from what we've seen in the last few days or week or so with Spanian, who I had not had the pleasure of until a couple of weeks ago, and then what we saw in Newtown with Christian Lives Matter, none of this makes me feel good because it's, it's all coming to the surface and someone will swoop in and mobilise this movement. It's just a matter – it's not a matter of when it – of if it's when and who's going to be leading it. Kate, you've made reference to a disguised form of anti-Semitism being present within some of the teachings of these churches. And I was curious, what's the approach to other faith communities? Because there seems to be some grounds for a political alliance of sorts built on anxieties around gender and sexuality. Charismatic leaders like Jürgen and Sean, the thing with with leaders like this is they obviously have their ideology and theocracy that they stick with, but when it comes to culture wars or oppression, they will tend to put a lot of that their, their differences to the side and unite under a banner. When you know in in the US, we see that happen all of the time. That you know they'll have these Jericho marches and whatnot, and that'll attract different denominations of Christianity. I think with the, with the anti-Semitism, obviously. It's been acknowledged that this is happening in this space. You know, Awaken itself is not welcoming. To be to come to Awaken, you you're born again essentially. So you get thrown under the magic water in those big dirty tubs of water that they have. But I think more of a boots on. Cause I suppose they're separate. So you have you know your religion that your home church or your home location where you would practice your religion, but then there's boots on the ground. And I think what we'll see and what we do see is more religions will come together underneath underneath the banner for bigotry. You'll see, I saw a great piece by What's Doing Media, was it yesterday, the day before, about how we've seen some Australian anti-Muslim protesters and extremists turn into Islam. And I think that you could probably see those groups melting, melting together. Um, if I was if I was Jewish or practicing Jewish faith, I would stay the hell away from these people. Kate, I, I had a similar question. I, no, I noticed in your piece for Left Coast Right Watch that uh, I think it was Jürgen 
said that uh, religion in Salt Lake City was dead, and that's why they needed an, an awakened church there. I, I was wondering, sectarianarily, what do the Mormons think about religion being dead in Salt Lake City? H- how are these... Uh, like evangelical groups getting along with other Christian denominations? I think, um, yeah, that's like, thanks for pointing that out because that was, I watch all of Joe Yogan's content and I have to take some comedy out of it. And I definitely laughed when he said that one because, yes, notoriously, Salt Lake City is home to uh, some of the biggest Mormon populations. Look, I think time will tell on the ground there. There's definitely been some pushback from non-religious groups. He hasn't really had to come up against that so much here in in California because majority, especially where Jürgen and Leanna are opening these churches, they're, well, churches isn't a good enough name, I suppose. I would say campuses that they're opening because they have schools and everything else on it. They don't have competition at scale down here from the likes of the Mormon sect or the LDS. So going into an environment like that, look, a lot of their ideology that they want to impose on society at large and through policy and government, a lot of it aligns and can align. So I think that, look, I think that Wake can want to make a big wave. They'll want to bring people into the fold from potentially people that have left the more traditionalist sex in Salt Lake City. And I think that what he'll want to – I think what they're doing and what we're seeing from their recruitment is they're actually targeting folks that have left these environments to come to this new cool hip, we wear jeans, we have a coffee shop kind of church. And I think that that's what we're going to see there is that he'll get growth off that community. Kate, the church has involved itself in contemporary affairs, including in response to COVID and uh, lockdown in the United States. What's the church's view and how has it participated in this movement? Look, I think that that was their first real big enter into the political realms on a visible scale. They're passionately anti-vax and traditionally they're they're anti-vax. A lot of them don't believe in any form of vaccination because God protects us from everything. So what we saw right at the beginning of lockdowns that Awaken was the leader in Southern California of defying state home orders and no congregation orders. And when they got pushed back and fines, they responded by, you know, obviously campaigns saying that they've been persecuted. They linked with Sean Foyt. We've also seen lead pastors organising and attending the San Diego City Council, uh, local school boards. So, yeah, I think what they saw so much success from being at the public dais and being recorded and then that content being shared on all of the different public uh, social media platforms and they got away with it. They didn't get any pushback from the IRS or the government. So they're just continuing on that path. But they still continue to talk about vaccines, masks, any public safety really. You know, part of the preaching – and it, it, the, so 
Jürgen and Awaken preach the prosperity gospel, which is similar to C3 and Hillsong. Kenneth Copeland, Joel Osteen, they're the, the same kind of guys, um, which is that you plant the seed and it will grow. And the seed in this instance is money and that you invest into you invest into the church, you give to God so he can uh, shower you with health and wealth. Yeah, so what you'll see at Awaken is we have lead pastors that have attended public days, uh, public uh, community speaking events, but we also saw a movement by a lot of the mothers in the group and they formed a group called Let Them Breathe. And that was quite popular in 2020 and 2021. And they, again, themselves were attending city councils, especially school boards, protests at children hospitals. They had protests about kids having to wear masks in these hospitals. So I think that this specific, like, evangelicalism and these charismatic spaces are kind of retrofitted for the time that we're in now because these are their grievances, their long-standing grievances or their long-standing concerns. So this time, this post-Trump, Trump era, post-truth era really fits well with this ideology and so they took every opportunity they could to get their faces, their name, their church out there, which helps with recruitment in the end. Speaking of recruitment, Kate, the church understandably, I guess, seems to place great emphasis on recruiting from among young people. And one thing that occurred to me was, in your experience, do young people stick around? Do people join and stay? Or is there a lot of flux within this church and others like it? Look, I think in this church, so far, you know, because we're still really only, you know, founding of C3 in 2005, they kind of had three campuses like around the 2015s. It wasn't until 2020 that they became awakened and openly fascist. I think we haven't seen any of that turnover yet because we're dealing with, you know, young families, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s and their kids. But what we have seen is that the the kids that are involved, they love it. And look, it definitely appeals to, you know, the white young man because it's all about valour and power and fighting these spiritual wars and in these spaces, you know, the patriarchy is king. So it, it, it fits well back with that. And I think that side by side with the rise of the manosphere and misogyny, misogyny at large rising, you're seeing them kind of blend. And I, there were, Jürgen was preaching the other night about purity culture and it was horrific but one thing that I noticed because I spent a lot of time in the manosphere as well unfortunately that the language he was using was specifically it was value Um, so you know the girl's value of being pure he was explaining it as in comparison to heroin and how it's more expensive when heroin is is pure versus being cut and I think that 
the value, the term value, that's used heavily in the manosphere and, you know, black-pilled junk. Um, And I think that especially for young men that – and especially with Charlie Kirk coming into the fold because, you know, he's the guy for these younger folks – I think it's just going to lead to more extreme celebrity pastors coming up through the ranks. They're getting them early. They're training them early. They're getting them involved in their their projects and their activities because it's a, it's a full time thing. These spaces, these mega churches. It's not just turning up to church on a Sunday. It's you can. There's seven days of programming, and they want you to be involved in all the time because they want they want you all the time it's like that's they want that to be your life so we are seeing as a whole um over here where there's a lot of young people moving out of the churches but I think that this particular brand that Jürgen has will actually hold on to and attract more people because power it's it's easy to live in a world where everything's black and white, everything's right and wrong, right, and when things are good and evil. And I think particularly young folks, they that can be really appealing to them, right? But especially with the brand that Jürgen preaches, it's definitely beneficial for younger guys and I think that we'll continue to see that grow. Kate, just finally, obviously America's on a trajectory, Australia's on a a similar trajectory and we're just a few steps behind. What sort of lessons could we take in Australia from what's happening in the States? America's on this path. I don't, it's not going to get off it. We We will continue to fight and we'll continue to call them out. Australia is lucky. We're a few steps behind. However, I'm concerned. I'm seeing the same language. I've seen it throughout the whole freedom movement. I'm not as on top of the cookers as I once was, but from protests right back at the start of 2020, 2021, there's been imagery all throughout these protests. You know, obviously there was a lot of tension on the JQ signs and just general Nazis being in attendance. But for me, outside of that was the imagery, the graphics, the prayers, it was sort of bubbling away underneath there. So I think the best thing is obviously, you know, follow folks that, you know, track this kind of thing. There are a few people in the movement in Australia that are doing so. I'm going to start focusing a little bit more on it. But I think believe what people say. So if a particular pastor or a particular group of folks under a religion banner banner, are calling a war against the LGBTQI community. Believe them for what they're saying. And I think identifying the more extreme churches or more extreme organisations in amongst them, if we can identify them and then we can track, you know, do they have an ear of anyone in government because that's where the concerns in policies and legislation starts coming once they're more heavily influenced and potentially the party decides that they want to be more overtly Christian and lead their policy on that, that's when it's too late. So I think it's just keeping an eye on these key players 
and keep and and folks researching this kind of thing, keeping an eye on them, keeping a track of who they're who they're linking with because it's it's they all link together. There's you know just behind the surface you'll see you know different donations, different influences. So I think I would really express to my fellow Australians, please take this rise of Christian extremism seriously and please search for folks that do great research on this and great, and there's some great podcasts and some great writings. So um, yeah, keep an eye out. And one place to keep an eye out would be twitter.com slash Burns, which if you want to see more of Kate's work, you should check out. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Well, Andy, that is our show. We'll be back next week. See you later. See you then. Justice Commission is the first formal truth-telling inquiry into injustice experienced by First Peoples in Victoria. From Monday, February 27 to Friday, March 10, Uruk is holding public hearings with First Peoples witnesses who have experienced injustice in the child protection and criminal justice systems. You can watch the hearings online or make a submission at urukjusticecommission.org. A 3CR supporter. Have you experienced or seen racism against blackfellas? 
Report racism against First Nations people with Call It Out, an online register to expose racism. Stand up. Be heard. Call it out. Go to callitout.com.au. A 3CR supporter.